It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the TTM Sports Show, the show where we interview guests from within the sporting world. To catch this episode visually, then head over to YouTube and simply search TTM Sports. Tonight's guest is our boxing expert David Hancock from the YouTube channel I Am Average Dave. The debate in this episode is around the biggest boxing match in a generation, Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. We break down the fight itself, the negotiation process, broadcasting rights, the venue and host Saudi Arabia. We also have a review of the new broadcasting service in town, DAZN, and we look back at Canelo Alvarez's victory over Billy Joe Saunders at the AT&T Stadium in Texas. So sit back, relax, and listen to the guys on the TTM Sports Show. David, welcome back to the show. Hello, thank you. Nice good, to see you both. To you. Nice yeah. to see you too, Dave. Good to see you too, David. Uh, tonight, it's obviously, it, it's boxing and we've had some big news in the last week. It's been no secret that, that over a few months now have passed since that initial contract signing took place between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. What was proven difficult and a stumbling block was the negotiations. And to open us up, uh, David, what's your take on how these negotiations have gone? Um, I think they've gone all right. I don't think there's been much issues. I think the only issue, my my personal take on the only problem they've got is with their, with Fury's side a little bit. Bob Aaron, you know, says stupid things. His dad yeah. is constantly making remarks I think his dad, like three weeks ago, made a remark it, it wasn't going to happen. Which That's was true. He did, he, he did yeah. make a remark, yeah. Um, and I mean, and also, was... Frank Warren, I don't quite know what Frank uh, Warren's role is because, you know, he, he basically works for BT now and he's not really um, 
I don't really know what his role is really towards Tyson Fury now. I think when you look at the uh, when you look at the negotiations in total, you're right. From AJ's side, it is very simple. It's Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Sport, and obviously acting on behalf of DAZN and obviously AJ's own management company, Two Five Eight Management, that obviously also look after Lawrence Acoli and Joshua Boazzi. But from Tyson Fury's side, you're right, David. What what comes out of it for me is you've it's it's broken up. You've got the American broadcast deal. We'll, we'll talk on the broadcasting later, but that's where Bob Arum, Top Rank, and ESPN come into it. On the British side of the coin, you then have Queensbury Promotions and Frank Warren in conjunction with BT Sport, which is obviously their broadcast provider. And another little spanner into the works as well, into the mix, is Tyson Fury's deal with his management company. Obviously, he's signed to MT Clay Global. Therefore, any potential negotiations, I I can actually understand why this has taken a long time to get through, because you've got lawyers from each and every one of these different facets of this deal. And everyone has to then read it, agree it, and then send back amendments. And I'm sure you can imagine that if 258 Management have an amendment to make, that's another week as it goes back round the rounds again. And then obviously ESPN may have an issue there as well. So in terms of the negotiations, I take my hat off to uh, Mr. Eddie Hearn, because for me, he's the only one that seems to have actually done anything in trying to pursue this fight at all. I think it's I think it's all gone on way too long. For me, this is an easy the easiest fight to make in the world every single heavyweight belt the two best heavyweight fighters in the world both wanted to fight each other what's been the problem it should have been the easiest fight and the problem is i know what the problem is you've got so many different people down the chain all want to put their finger in the pie or what in their little slice of the cake and that's where the problems are if you'd have looked at aj and tyson fury two years ago so do you want to fight aj you've gone yep do you want to fight fury yep what's the problem and it's all these people along the way. You've just named them all, James. You've just reeled off every single person and company and organization that's involved in this. And they all want their piece of the pie along the way. Going down as deep as the lawyers want their piece of the pie. You know, it, everyone wants it. And that's the problem. And it's greed. It's greed, as we'll touch on later with the uh, venue. Absolutely. James will be giving us an in-depth look at the venue in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. Um, hopefully, you know, myself and David are going to try and get out there and um, we'll chuck a hat in the ring and, and, and see what can happen. Um, but, you know, it might be very difficult in terms of vaccinations. I'm 50 percent of the way there now. Um, but, but, but what I will say uh, of getting out there would be an unbelievable event. Um, Gold dust. Of, yeah, of course. In terms of Saudi Arabia, we have to have a look at obviously the site deals a lot of uk fans and a lot of a lot of british fans i don't think actually understand why it's not being held in the uk anybody who knows and done their research and homework on the game knows quite clearly that britain can't put up the money for this fight and the reason why we can't put up the money for this fight is because we cannot fill 80,000 at wembley stadium to obviously finance this deal what happens in saudi arabia is the crown prince of saudi arabia has put up the money furthermore He's done it before with AJ and uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, you know, class on the dunes when they when they actually built that stadium as well. Uh, I think this stadium might be even bigger. But in terms of the broadcasting now, um, in, there's a lot of ideas being floated around that it may actually be shown on Sky Sports, DAZN, BT Sport and ESPN. So that's four different broadcasters right there. David, what's your take on that? Um, I think it's just the situation we're in. Obviously, Tyson Fury, um, I think there's one, one, no, yeah, one fight left on his ESPN deal. 
Um, so he obviously is contractually obligated to fight for them. Obviously, DAZN AJ always fights on DAZN in America because no one's going to pay for him because he's a British fighter. Um, and obviously in the UK, we are mainly, the main big ones are Sky Sports and obviously BT. But obviously the issue is uh, they're either going to fight it out or they're going to share it. So from what, I got, from what I'm hearing is they're going to split it in each country and depending on the broadcaster, they'll possibly name it differently. So Fury on BT Sport, they'll probably call it Fury, uh, Fury versus AJ, whereas right. Sky will be AJ versus Fury. Right. I don't know what happens with the money, whether they're all decided that they're going to split the pay-per-view. I'd imagine the pay-per-view is going to be like 25, 30 quid possibly. Um, look, I mean, we a lot of British fans can attribute to we're not happy with how much Eddie Hearn can charge sometimes for a fight. Um, I think we should count ourselves lucky. Uh, and the reason why yeah. I'm going to say that is because if you're in America and you you know you have half a brain cell and follow the fight game, it's over a hundred dollars. I mean, there was Chris Aliola, Chris Ariola against Andre Ruiz Jr. It was over seventy five dollars to watch that fight. You know, in the UK we pay one ninety nine to watch Canelo. Uh, you know, we paid £25 to watch the unified heavyweight champion of the world players trade. I would be happy to, to, to spend £25 on this fight. The issue I've got with it, and the bit I find quite tricky, is Eddie Hearn is now in a, a, a difficult and sticky situation. Um, David will touch more onto it in a minute in terms of Sky TV. But what we will say is this. I think the, the, the Sky deal, I think there's only one or two months left on that deal. And I think it's been well documented that he will indeed leave Sky Sports. The question is for me, will Sky Sports be involved in this fight? I think they're too big not to be. But how can you justify spending £25 on Sky? It would probably be £25 on BT. If I was the managing director of DAZN, I would be saying for an introductory offer to get this fight, take out a subscription, £10. And I think they'd win. I think they could win the broadcast war. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the st streaming now is taking over. Um, your traditional pay per view model is is going to go by the wayside. Uh, to use use the example of the WWE, so the WWE Network, they've had that for many many years now, probably about six or seven years. Although they are slightly changing it now in America, it's nine ninety nine a month. It's nine ninety nine a month, and that is everything for you know all the previous content, all the historical content. Like I imagine, the zone is so you can go back on the zone and watch previous fights historical fights That's correct yeah. yeah yeah i mean all, all uh, the canelo's fights as well it, it's like netflix you know if you were if, if you were to pay 15 pound a month for the zone which we all would really wouldn't we rather than 15 pound for one particular event four times a month you, you're saving money as you go there's a, a we've had this argument with um you know the premier league how the premier league should do something different i think a lot of these sporting events now uh, they're, they're going into the modern world and they're looking at these streaming services as an alternative for their broadcasting. And I think the pay-per-view model is probably going to be almost extinct eventually. Well, I think if Good. you're already heard, you need to be, uh, you know, sitting on that gravy train and striking while the iron's hot. The bit that frustrates me about Sky Sports is as an avid customer, I spend a minimum of £20 a month. What these guys are asking for is an additional £25. Exactly, yeah. It's a no-brainer if you go to DAZN. I think, obviously, in terms of the football, just briefly breaking off topic. Yeah, you're right. The Netflix of football 
will be quite big games. And I think going down the road, streaming is definitely the way to go. In terms of the broadcasting, what that then brings, obviously David uh, already touched on it fantastically well, was obviously in terms of who's going to be showing it and who's the A side and who's the B side. In terms of, I think we need to take a, a leaf out of the Mayweather-Pacquiao, the Lewis and Tyson fight here. Wouldn't it be fantastic to see two different ring announcers, two different entrances? I think there was a rumour that was being floated around that they were going to enter the ring at the same time. <laughs> I don't think it'll work because the music, but um, <laughs> who knows? I'm not, I'm not having that. They're not entering the ring at the same time. Impossible. I think what they should do is go old school. They should just go old school and flip a coin. They're both champions of the world. And I think at the end of the day, you know, anybody with any self-respect, flip a coin. Whoever gets heads gets the A side and comes out second, you know, or even who comes out first, then has their name announced second. And I think, you know, it, it probably works that way. Um, I don't know why it's such a big deal. I don't know why they make such a big deal out of it. It's a prestige thing. Uh, it, it really is a prestige thing. It's as simple as that. You, you could have, for instance, um, what, another blockbuster fight that was made. You had uh, Gennady Golovkin and Canelo had the, you know, the, the spoils of that super middleweight division, you know, divided up between the two of them. Again, that was the flip of a coin. It was quite, quite heavy. David, you'll remember this. Uh, Scott, Scott Quigg against Carl Frampton at yes. the Manchester Arena. And yes. there was a massive hoofah, uh, you know, the night before the fight when they're saying, uh, Scott Quigg said, well, I want the, I want the home just dressing room. Even though the, the card itself, the event was called Frampton Quigg, he said he wanted the home dressing room. Carl Frampton said, no, I want the home dressing room. And the fight nearly collapsed. And what they agreed on was no one got the home dressing room. But uh, it does go quite deep <laughs> with that in boxing. Again, it is entertainment value. Um, we had Chisora the other week as well, didn't we? We had Chisora the other week was uh, when he, before he fought Parker. He was kicking off the night before about who was coming out first and second. Exactly. And then, he, his mum, his mum had to get involved, didn't she? His mum. She did. There were rumours that, <laughs> that, that Chisora's mum saved the Chisora fight along with yeah. the Canelo fight. But uh, what, what we will say is this. Um, James, do you want to have a quick chat about this venue in the wonderful, wonderful place in Saudi Arabia called Riyadh? And there we go. But there you go. You've just said it. The wonderful, wonderful place. Is it? Absolutely. In terms of the last event that they put on for AJ and Ruiz, I thought they did a really good job. Mm. I'm heavily, heavily against uh, these fights being in Saudi Arabia. Um, before you even talk about the human rights, the the sexism, the homophobia, the, the you know the the Sharia law, which is not not an issue, but uh, it's it's different. Um, Purely one thing only is the reason why this fight is in is in Saudi Arabia, and it's money and it's greed and it's blood money. This fight isn't bought with blood money. And I'm sorry. Um, I know everyone's gonna say, what a brilliant venue. Wow, they'll probably build a brand new stadium from scratch. Um, solely for the event, and it's gonna be the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. But why the hell is this fight not at Wembley Stadium? And we can talk about the money and we can talk about, our, we're going to have 80,000 people at Wembley for the Euro final at the end of June, the end of July. Why can't we have 80,000 people at Wembley for this fight in, in August? I don't think it's 80,000, but uh, the way that they've spanned it is this fight is a truly once in a generation fight. Then, then wait, the that, you know, it, there's absolutely no reason to have it in Saudi Arabia other than money. And, they, and I'm afraid, this is going to be that there's enough money in this fight. They could have it in my back garden and they'd still make enough money on this fight 
<laughs> to they they could they could have this fight anywhere, they, but but why can't they just have it at Wembley Stadium or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Anywhere, anywhere they could have it, but they're having it in Saudi Arabia. This is a country where it's illegal to be gay. This is a country where only in the last two or three years a, a female can enter a sporting event. Um, it, it's a disgrace, and it's greed, and it's money, and unfortunately, not a lot of people want to talk about it because because you know the Sky Sports uh, media agenda will push for this fight to be the greatest thing ever. It's an absolute disgrace. I think it's an absolute disgrace. It's an insult to British fighting fans. It's an insult to world fighting fans that this fight isn't in, in, in England. You've got the two... When, when are we ever going to get uh, two British heavyweight champions for the unification of the heavyweight division again? And we're having December. it in Saudi... December, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the second... Yeah, all right, okay. You, you, that, you know what I'm saying, so, so you know? This is a once-a-generation on fight. But, but, you know, but it shouldn't think, be there. It I shouldn't think, be there. I think the reality is, though... Um, I totally get what you're saying about the human rights, but I think we are in this position because it either happens in August in a full stadium in Saudi Arabia or it doesn't happen. Age, uh, Fury said numerous times he's literally not had a fight in over a year now. He wants to fight. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that if this fight wasn't going ahead, he said he wanted actually July. So the August, if it hadn't happened August, it would have been against Wilder. And then we don't, we may not have had the fight because obviously then, AJ would have had to take on Usyk, and I think this is the situation they they want a full arena, and they Wembley couldn't agree that they could have a full arena. That is the issue they're in. Which well, why didn't they have it at the AT and T in Texas? But then, I, as a British maybe fan, they didn't put a deal in. I don't know what the deal hmm. was. Well, look, look, your your issues with Saudi Arabia. I mean, I'm going to create. You know, look at the end of the day. You know, yeah, you're right. You could talk about the human rights and all those issues, and I don't disagree with you on that. I think obviously they are taking steps to turn the corner. They are, but that's a political issue, and that's obviously nothing that we can really discuss on this podcast. But what I no, but we can, we can we can discuss basic human rights on on this podcast, I'm, surely. I'm I'm not disputing that and the listeners won't dispute it either, but we have to understand David's right on this. And you're both right. As a UK fight fan, I would presume Wembley Stadium, full house. However, Wembley yeah. Stadium have stated that they cannot provide 80,000. That's point number one. Point number two is this. In terms, if you're, if you're Anthony Joshua's manager and promoter, Eddie Hearn, if you're Tyson Fury's manager and promoter, your job is to make them the most money. That is why they are employed. That is why they are employed by the fighters. And that is why they are making so much money themselves. So, I mean, look, if someone walked up to you, James, and said, well, you know, you can fight David Hancock and it will have to be in Saudi Arabia for 200 million pounds, or you can fight in front of 40,000 at Wembley with a lot of red seats in and you'll get 15 million pounds each i'm sorry um we only live on but, the world once and i know which option i'll be taking. yeah yeah of course but this is what is this is what i'm coming down to it's it's greed how much more money are they making from saudi arabia than they would if it was in, in wembley i'm not i'm not necessarily buying this notion that you can't have the fight in a full house at wembley uk lockdown restrictions lift on the 21st of june yeah, but they're That's not guaranteed years. lifting yet are they they're not they're not, guaranteed. Change. they're not guaranteed they're not guaranteed it's 30% but, capacities. We have an Indian variant in the country. Yeah, but this they have that fight, in Saudi Arabia. They're closer to India than we are. They're getting James, less, I believe, at the moment currently. James, I think there are 1,000 yeah, cases a day at the moment. They're probably this, What, this what fight, probably happens is if you get COVID in Saudi Arabia, they just shoot you like they do in North well, Korea. 
I wouldn't go that far. Now, you know, I want to attend this fight. So, you know, I think uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think we it cannot goes confirm like that. No, that is unconfirmed. That's my personal opinion, uh, and that's a sword I'll die on. Absolutely. In terms of this, look, the, it can't, the UK cannot guarantee as the Saudi Arabian can. But this is what we will say is this. I can take the first fight being abroad. I can. I can take that. Because you remember, these are world champions. World champions. And a world champion, in my belief, should be able to defend their titles anywhere in the world. Whether that be in Marrakesh, whether that be in Cologne, whether that be in Las Vegas or Saudi Arabia. What will frustrate me and what will frustrate a lot of boxing fans around the world is if that second fight, if you can have the numbers in the UK, is not held in the UK, then I will call travesty. Absolutely 100%. And I side with you on that. But we have to remember, if you want to see this fight, the only real option is to go to Saudi Arabia. If you're on the inside of the boxing network and circles, listening to IFL TV daily, listening to these broadcasters and the people that make the real decisions saying it's Saudi Arabia or nothing, the two fighters themselves have said, look, you, you can't tell me that their management teams haven't come out and said, well, okay, well, who's got the most money? I get it. It's yeah, the same in football. But, a non-football and, fan don't understand big transfer fees like we understand big transfer fees. Someone who is not on the inside of boxing doesn't understand big fights signing on fees and purses like we do. And, and that's what I'm saying. But from the average man on the street that wants to watch AJ Fury at Wembley Stadium uh, for 15 quid on box office, you're not going to be able to do that. No, if it's and, going to be and I feel like you're looking at $100 pay-per-view in on Sky TV. You think it's going to be £100? Well, yeah. if, if it was held in the UK now, if you didn't have that much, because obviously it can't generate the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying. Do you know what? If I'm being totally honest with you, I will say on James's point, I don't even think we're going to get a second fight. So I don't think, think it ever will be in the UK. Be, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to that now. I'm just being Why honest. Not? David, break down the fight. Who's winning? Right. I totally believe Fury wins this. I would love AJ to win. I don't know what it is. I love both of them, right? But um, AJ's a real, got such great heart. But I think, I don't think he even gets a chance with Fury. I think he'll just literally gas himself out and Fury will outbox him. I just think it's just, and I really like AJ and I really like Fury. I've got a few, I mean, I've got a, a, a Tyson Fury t-shirt on, but I have like AJ's glove in my living room. So I do love both, but I just think Fury's too good. He's too much skill. And I just think he, he'll take him out. Well, look, um, my, my, before we go to uh, James Hounsell, um, me, me and James talk about this often, all the time, every couple of days or, you know, nearly every radio show that we do on Froom 96.6 FM, catch us every month, the state of play. Um, what I will say is that uh, we believe that Tyson Fury is claiming that he's training in America. If you look closely, if you look real close, look at the two fighters, what's coming up from the AJ camp, and what's coming out from the Fury camp. I believe AJ's training exceptionally hard. But do you know why I think this fight has had a tiny little delay on it? Is the coach of Anthony Joshua, Rob McCracken. 
David Hancock, you'll know that he is the uh, yeah, he is the leader of Team GB Boxing. The Olympics are this 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 year, and his primary contract within boxing is to guide that Team GB team at the Olympic Games. The first fight was mooted mid July. That's slap bang in the middle of the Olympic Games. If you're Anthony Joshua, you need to go in with Rob McCracken in your corner. Carl Froch is esteemed Hall of Famer, surely of the future promoter and not promoter. I mean trainer. What I'll say is this, it's no coincidence that we go into August and the Olympics finish two weeks before that Rob McCracken's in AJ's corner. I believe Tyson Fury on his day, and I'm talking eight times out of ten, he's on his day. He will just box Anthony Joshua into the ground. He will jab his head off until he cannot jab him off no more. I think that AJ could potentially gas later in the fight and Fury will take him out. However... However, Vladimir Klitschko was a fantastic boxer. Not really so much a brawler, but more of a boxer. He knocked Anthony Joshua down in that sixth round, fifth, sixth round at Wembley. Joshua was gassed. It got to round 11. Joshua was still there. And I believe, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's given enough credit for his chin. I really don't. Some of the punches he took in that fight yeah, were Klitschko really didn't hurtful. finish him though, did he? Klitschko... When Klitschko knocked him down, he could have finished him and that would have been it. Good night. But he didn't finish him. He didn't have the killer instinct to go in and finish it because AJ would have been done. Look at AJ versus Ruiz. He went down. And this is the thing. I don't think Tyson Fury's probably got a great shot, but I think with enough of them, AJ's going to be all those muscles pumping around, all those how tired and weak he's going to be feeling. Honestly, I think... I can only see it going one way. I, I feel sorry see, but, now for AJ. But, but... but what we have to remember is, is within this wonderful sport that we all love, it's boxing. Yeah. And of course, it's heavyweight boxing. And the biggest difference between Wilder and AJ, I think Wilder's got a more concussive one punch. Um, I think when he gets you hurt, he aims, to, he aims to take you out with that one punch. He knocked, obviously, Fury. Well, no, he knocked, well, he did knock him out for a couple of seconds um, with one punch. The difference is with AJ... When he gets you hurt nine times out of ten, take Ruiz out the uh, equation. And was there extenuating circumstances around that fight? Did something happen before that fight? He did not look right when he went out. Um, and I'm telling you that mm. now. And a lot of people talking about potential things that you may be able to do in this country that you can't do in America. That's one conspiracy theory. Another conspiracy theory was he apparently he had a panic attack. Another conspiracy theory was he just had an offsite and froze in the headlights. But then this is a guy that's fought in front of Wembley 80,000, the Millennium Stadium. Uh, or he just got beat on the night. He got caught with a golden punch. Let's not forget, he's the only man to knock Ruiz clean on his backside and then hit him with one of the most wonderful cross rights in that attack straight afterwards. And as he went in, he missed the uppercut. Joshua missed the uppercut and Ruiz countered him with that check hook left, the same left that Dillian White used to stagger him early in his career, if we remember, and, and caught him cold. This is heavyweight boxing. If AJ catches Fury and Fury's hurt and wobbled, I think AJ just cleans the guy out. I really, really do. And I think a lot of people are underestimating him. He hasn't had the amateur experience of Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is a fighting man, I believe. In the heavyweight division, he is the best boxer. There's no two ways about it. You have to be an idiot to not understand that. But what I will say is this. Anthony Joshua has been boxing now. He's 31 years old. It was 18, 19 years. So he's been boxing for about 12 years. He's the unified heavyweight champion of the world and knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. 
You know, I, I think Usyk, I think AJ runs through him. I think Usyk's a good boxer, but he struggled against Chisora. He, he, I think he really struggled against Chisora. I would love to see Usyk in against someone like Povetkin. Someone of the same size, the same sort of maneuverability, a bit more experienced. Chisora's huff and puff and he's on your chest. But I think uh, Povetkin would be good or even Dillian White um, would be fantastic. But we can talk about fantasy fights a bit later. Look, I think it's 60-40 in Fury's favour. But I've just got I've just got a really weird feeling that Anthony Joshua is going to win this fight. I'm going to put it out there. I'm just my head tells me that Fury wins with relative ease. He outboxes him and takes him out late. Probably David, I, I probably agree with you with that. I think you're right. But my heart is telling me that uh, I think we're in for a real, real treat. James, how do you break this down? I I like like you. Yeah, everyone without a brain cell knows that Fury's probably the favourite boxing terms. I just think there's a little bit of a different vibe coming off of Fury this time. Um, we saw the interview he did with um, IFL uh, where he was sat at a cafe in Scarborough and um, he was saying, uh, you know, I might not box again. You know, I don't know whether I'm going to do this fight anyway. It's just, I don't know whether it's mind games from him. I don't know whether his heart's not quite where it was. We've seen pictures. Mind games. Yeah, exactly. We've seen pictures of him out drinking with Adrian Broner the other week, living up in Miami with Tommy Fury and his son, uh, you know, dicking around hotels with Versace shirts on. Um, I just don't feel the same vibe off him as we did two to three years ago when he made his comeback. I don't I don't know. Is he is he underestimating AJ? Is he? Just saying, well, whatever, just take my money and go home. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've i been saying all along, we've been talking about this fight, James, me and you, for what feels like five years. I, yeah. I've been saying all along that Fury's going to win, but as it gets closer and closer and closer, and like I said, seeing a little bit of a different vibe off of Fury, I don't know what, if the, if it, I, I mean, I hope it's mind games, but we need to see the best Tyson Fury we can possibly see turn up uh, on August the 17th. And we need to see the best AJ we can possibly see. Because if it all goes to plan, in the wonderful kingdom of Saudi Arabia, as you so uh, greatly call it, James, um, it's going to be possibly the greatest heavyweight contest of all time. Uh, and it needs to be. But if we're getting a, you know, an 80% Fury turning up against 100% AJ, then AJ is going to knock him out. Brilliant. Great analysis on that there. Um, in terms of it all as well, you know, this fight is absolute mega. And what will also be mega, if you're a promoter, you need to be thinking about the undercard. Um, an interview yeah. on IFL TV with Eddie Hearn suggested that matchroom fighters could be squaring off against Queensbury fighters. ESPN fighters could be squaring off against DAZN fighters. As a boxing fan, for me personally, that's very exciting. And I think already we're starting to see this sort of crossover with the BT Sports vice commentator the man who from, from wales david commentated on uh, fury's fights with wilder you know the one he was actually on sky sports commentating at the weekend as the second commentator anybody with an eagle eye would notice is that a preliminary to what potentially could be coming they need to start working together but also what happened interestingly enough was denzel bentley massive friend of the show former british champion massive massive friend of ttm sports um he had his fight against felix cash 
And that was on a Queensbury show in BT Sports. And he's a matchroom fighter. And you know what? To be fair, the event went without a hitch. And I think to see these people working together is absolutely fantastic. Are there any dream fights that you would like to see on the undercard? I've got one. I would like to see Sean Porter against Connor Ben. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I think um, we're more likely to maybe see because Connor Ben he's called out uh, Brooke and Khan, hasn't he? If you were to stick a Connor Ben against Amir Khan, dangerous on the for, for Connor Ben. I think they're both dangerous for Connor Ben. He he he, he needs to be careful not to step up too soon. But um, very impressive outing last time. Though I think if you were to stick Connor Ben against a, against an Amir Khan on the undercard, I think that's a cracking undercard fight. Well, the money's there. That's what we're saying here. The budget is now in yeah, place yeah, exactly. to pay these fighters to get these things on. We need to be looking, uh, you know, get Dillian White onto the undercard. You know, for goodness sake, invite Deontay Wilder. Probably would never happen. But my goodness, <laughs> could you imagine? It won't happen, but it, could you imagine? I mean, um, for instance, another one. Um, before we turn our attentions, obviously, to the next part of the podcast, where we preview uh, Canelo against uh, Billy Joe Saunders, what do we think of this event as a whole? I mean, David, you alluded to the fact that you think there won't be a second fight. Do you think the beating that Tyson Fury will put on Anthony Joshua will force AJ to literally would have lost his belts, but not enforce the rematch clause because both of them will have, obviously, a rematch clause? Um, the problem I see is it's took, as we've all said, it took this long to get us here with this fight. And obviously, they've had to deal, deal with... Um, the uh the mandatories also going into this fight so the problem i see is we have this fight and then someone has to fight um either joe joyce or usick um and then and and then obviously that is going to cause and you just don't you you just never know with tyson fury whether after he's going to win this and then he's going to go on a bender after and then put yeah, yeah. 10 stone on you just don't know what's going to happen and you don't know if, and also you don't know if one of them is going to be crushed. I mean, this could be career ending for somebody. You know, AJ could go in there, destroy Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury just goes, you know, I don't want another fight. Or vice versa to AJ. You just don't know. And I just think it took us this long to get here. I mean, they knew the money deal 50-50 about a, about a year ago, two years ago. and we a fair got, deal. And, and now yeah. we've got to this point where if obviously somebody wins, whoever wins will get 60, it'll be 60, 40, I believe, I think it is or something. That's next. correct in the rematch. Yeah. And, um, and again, that's, so that's I just probably don't, right. I just don't see us having the deal. And obviously it's just, it's just, it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised that if the deal did happen the next time it wasn't on Sky Sports and it actually went to zone after, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if that's, that. I, yeah. Well, just look at uh, look at the history of the two fighters when they've been involved in mega fights and rematches. So Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. Joshua wins the fight. Klitschko don't come back for the second fight. I think Eddie Hearn would maybe put something in place to protect his fighter and to pay some substantial hush money to Klitschko to say, just stay retired. We've seen it in boxing throughout the times and also with Tyson Fury. Mm. He did have a contractually, you know, he was contractually obliged to fight Deontay Wilder for a third fight. That didn't happen. 
Now, if I was the manager and handler, you've got to look at it from two ways. If it's a fight and, it, and it's very close and there's a very nip and tuck victory for either one of those fighters, I would say, you know, that's too close. You've got all the belts, you know, sod him off, really. Do you know what I mean? And basically go and defend. But I think whoever wins anyway, you're right. Uh, the belts will become fragmented. The WBA will be calling their mandatory. The WBC will be calling their mandatory. The IBF and WBO. I mean, well, well let's look at it. WBO is Joe Joyce, am I correct, with Alexander Usyk. The WBA is uh, going to be Manuel Char, I believe. Uh, and the WBC is Dillian White. And the IBF is the Croatian kitty, uh, Filip Hergovic. So they're all of them are going to be due. This fight had, it just simply had to happen. Even if you get a picture with all of those belts and to say at one time, how great is it going to be that we are going to have a British undisputed, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And we're going to be alive to see it. So, Final predictions then. David Hancock going with Tyson Fury. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've got James Hounsell. You're going with. I'm going to stick with Fury because I've stuck with him throughout the whole time. Although I think okay. it's going to be, I think it could, it could go either way, but I'm going to stick with Fury because I'm a man of my word. I, I'm with you, James, um, but I'm going to go with AJ. I just feel like there's something in the air. And I, and I, I just think, you know, you know, I agree. Anybody with a brain cell knows that if Fury wins by points, you know, you probably put your mortgage on it, wouldn't you? Um, so from there, last weekend at the AT and T Stadium, we had a wonderful event promoted exclusively by DAZN. Um, for those that stayed up and watched it, I thought that the show that DAZN put on was absolutely exceptional. Um, we've got a couple, little bit of footage now coming into your screen uh, as you're watching on YouTube of the fight and the atmosphere around the fight. When we're looking at those shots, you can clearly see that it was like from a Hollywood film. Uh, I think I put onto onto Facebook as uh, Canelo was there celebrating with his family and friends at the end of the fight. The, the, it was stunning. It wasn't just any old pyrotechnics. This was a full Mexican suave band taking him into the stadium. 70,000 screaming Mexicans. And Billy Joe Saunders walks out into the arena and soaks it up like a water taken to sponge. I thought he was outstanding. I thought, um, but then again, with the fight, it was just a Canelo victory. But I had it a lot closer than what the scorecards predicted. The scorecards, in my opinion, head over to our Twitter page for uh, to see a visual of those scorecards. Just go to ttm.sports on Twitter. Um, they had Canelo very, very, very wide. I had Billy Joe Saunders up by one round um, in that fight. I had it the same as a DAZN commentator. Um, David, how did you see that fight in Texas? Um, I thought there was quite there was a couple of rounds I would have given to Billy Joe, but I thought Canelo was very dominant. Um, I think maybe if it had gone longer, possibly Billy Joe could have come back, but just that shot, that massive crunch sound when he broke his orbital bone, uh, was just <sighs> horrific. I think it was one of the most beautifully technically placed punches that I've actually ever seen in my life. I, 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 he set him up for it as well because they were saying in commentary afterwards that as Billy Joe was coming into attack, he kept drifting round to one side. And what Canelo did was timed it. Uh, 
I, I, did you feel that when Canelo was hitting, they had a massive effect on 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 Billy Joe Saunders as well? Billy Joe was simply then he was doing that style, and to be fair, I think he was boxing outstandingly well. I think he took all the shots really well. I don't know. I mean, he looked really good up to that point. I think it was obviously the design bloke was saying it was he was ahead. And yeah. Carl Froch, I think he was saying he was behind. But I right. think it could have gone either way if it, we had kept going on. But that punch from from a from a if you just look from a distance, it didn't really look like it was anything. It's only when you went back and watched it and the real fud of it that that was a, it was just a devastating shot that wow unbelievable seen immediately and i think that i think the training team did the right thing i think save billy joe for another day um let's be brutally honest i think obviously canelo will now go on and unify against caleb plant i think he wins that fight quite easily uh from there you know the only real way is up he's gonna have to go back up in weight isn't he canelo um to to, to challenge elsewhere and i think from there billy joe saunders does have the opportunity to come back there, there's no doubt about it but um, you're right. I thought from a technical point of view, the longer that fight was going on, he was actually starting to nullify Canelo's attacks. Canelo was literally just tr trudging around and following around the ring, looking to hit this guy. But the reality is Billy Joe was, in my opinion, really starting to take control of that fight. However, however, I believe if it would have went to the judges' scorecards, it would have still went to Canelo based on those cards that came out. And it's true what the team behind Billy, J Billy Joe Saunders were, were actually saying before the fight. You're already four rounds down before you've even started. And unfortunately, in, in the sport of boxing, it looks to be it's so politically driven the wrong way. It's, uh, it's an absolute disgrace. And I, and I think he was no way. I mean, on one of the cards, he was four rounds down. I mean, that's outrageous. That's an unbelievable swing. Um, but what we will say is, is full credit to DAZN. Um, the, the show that they put on was absolutely outstanding. And I, for one, cannot wait to see what's coming next. Future plans for Canelo. Um, we're hearing um, from the DAZN team and from Team Canelo that he is going to unify, obviously, against Caleb Plant in the U.S. again, down in Texas as it borders Mexico. He will then go on a world tour starting in the U.K., fight in front of his UK fans and then go on a world tour. Is there a dream fight? Is there anybody out there who can dethrone Canelo? One person muted was Demetrius Andrade. Um, and then again, judging on his fight against Liam Williams, I thought he struggled through that as well. Mm. Who do you think uh, can beat Canelo, David Hancock? I don't think anybody can. I've got to be honest with you. I don't think anybody can. I think he's just, you think he's, well, I don't know how many, how many fights is he on now? 40, 40 something. I've given up. There's been so many and he's just, he's just nonstop. He's just, I can't see anybody beating him, but it's I, more I, of a spectacle, isn't it? Watching him fight than it is. I think, cause there's nobody, I, I would have said Billy Joe was the toughest person he probably went against. And Kayla plant. I mean, who, who Kayla plant? Yeah, yeah exactly. Who's Kayla plant fought as well. Kayla plants record looks really impressive, but he's had a fight with, Nobody, because nobody knows who he padded, is. It's what they call a padded record. I do have Canelo Alvarez's uh, his fight resume, which I'll be bringing up on screen now anyway. Um, but for those listening via our podcast on Spotify and Apple and Google Casts, we have 59 fights for Canelo Alvarez. Oof. He's won 56 of them, 38 by knockout and one loss. So Maybe there's two draws in there, uh, obviously, you know, against... Uh, Gennady Golovkin, I believe, was uh, one of those draws. So that puts him on 57, lost 58. So there's another fight there that I can't actually quite see. 
So um, I'll check that out and fact check that. There are two draws in his professional career. He definitely drew against... Uh, he, who did he draw against? Gennady Golovkin, controversially. Yeah. And I think there was a draw earlier on in his career as well, which was highly controversial too. Um, but in terms of Canelo Alvarez, there's so many people that we would love to see him in there with. As far as I'm concerned, I think he's an outstanding talent and prospect in the world of boxing. And I think he really is probably now the pound for pound number one, um, in my opinion. I think he is pound for pound number one. Um, is there anything else apart from the boxing scene? Any other things that we need to talk about at all? Um deal. Sugar Hill? Have we already, have we already talked no, about No, let's talk about Sugar Hill. Talk about Sugar Hill. Emmanuel, is it his brother or is it his son? Or I thought I, 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 I said the DAZN deal, the TV deal, actually. I thought you said Sugar Hill, <laughs> no, which was no, uh, Tyson Fury's trainer. Although I oh, think no. he's the right man to be in the he corner. He is the right man, yeah. Part of that crunk gym. Esteemed dynasty of boxing greats. But in terms of that DAZN deal, David, uh, let's crack on with DAZN and uh, let's have a chat about DAZN. Well, it's uh, obviously the news that is coming out slowly that Sky's partnership with Matchroom ends uh, the end of July and that Matchroom have signed a super deal with DAZN to have all their shows and that that, um, Matchroom will massively control um, the whole production side of the of all their boxing from the end of July. So it will be basically what you saw with Canelo, but it will be like they will they will have a whole media team that produce it. It'll be like basically in effect like WWE as you wrote when you wrote down on your Facebook, I wrote like WWE and that's exactly what Eddie Hearn wants. He wants to give you an insight to the fighter, build the fighter up and then give you a big spectacle and I think that hopefully will be a lot cheaper for boxing fans. Like, I don't watch Premier League. I know it'll be quite upsetting for you. But if I have to pay $16.99 a month for DAZN or 120 a year annually, all your boxing, one place, no pay-per-view anymore, it just sounds like the dream yeah, scenario for yeah. us. It's, it, it's definitely, uh, as I said earlier, the, the, the streaming model will kill the pay-per-view model it will kill the monthly subscription to sky sports it'll kill bt sports uh the only thing people are going to be hanging on for the sky sports is going to be premier league football because they've completely monopolized that um but yeah the streaming streaming of anything now um is is the, is the way to go it, it's the future and it's it's more affordable it's more value for money and like you slightly like touched on dave these sort of they can produce these big specials, can't they? Um, you know, with the build-up to the fight, the insight to the fighters, this sort of stuff, the training camps. They can, they're can they more in control of their content as well. They're not sort of um, governed by a, a broadcasting company. They are, they're, they're, they're creating their own product. You've got your own network, you can do what you want. Um, and, you know, and you're not, you're not also restricted to, you know, like TV listings and stuff like the Sky Sports. You've got your own network. You can do whatever you want, whatever you want. And I think that's the way forward. And Sky, I think, have been uh, living on borrowed time, really, because I think they've been ripping off fans, sports fans, for all the sports for, for decades now. And I think the chickens are coming home to roost. And I would personally love to see everything go to streaming. One thing I do think, though, if Sky do lose all the matchroom stuff, I'll tell you what they need to bring back, prize fighter. Get it back. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Get Prize Fighter back. Prize Fighter back. is exceptional. Absolutely. Brilliant. What, what a show that used to be. 
Well, Audrey Harrison York, or, winning, yeah. uh, winning his world title fight against David Hay. My God, he had me believing the night of the fight. Uh, but also Danny Williams with a, a ruptured shoulder socket, uh, winning yeah. with one hand. And also former WBC welterweight champion Junior Witter being knocked out of the ring. Um, prize fighter. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really, really good call. Um, Bring it back. For me, yeah, in, in terms of the disown that, that David's brought up there, he's, he's actually, he's, he's hit the nail on the head. I don't think it's the end for alternate streaming and alternate pay-per-view. And I'm going to tell you why. For Sky Sports, yes, definitely, it does look like the end. Um, absolutely. But not for BT Sport, because BT Sport have, in effect, a mirror image of what Matchroom have got with Sky Sports. BT but Sport are coupled up with... Queen but Twitter. with really rubbish content. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, and, Bentley, and they charge... You know, and, and, and BT charge 15.99 for Tyson... No, 19.99 for Tyson Fury versus some bum. And I, I think the reality is it is a matter of time where hopefully somebody for you football fans says, do you know what, FA? We'll have all the football rights. We'll stream it. And you can have half the money. And then imagine getting your Premier League all on a streaming platform. Bye-bye, Sky. Well, you've got I mean, Amazon dipping their toe in the water now, haven't you? Yeah, they're the, doing it. The zone are trying to buy, um, if I remember rightly, the zone are trying to buy football rights at the moment. Yeah, they, they, well, if, you, if you're in America and you've got the zone, you will get uh, Premier League, Champions League football through the zone if you're in America or, or pretty much anywhere outside the UK or Europe. So um, they, they're, they're already halfway there. Yeah, in terms of the football, it's more of a slow burner. Um, a lot of these people... It, you, think, you think boxing's political? Try getting into uh, football. That is yeah, uh, at the higher echelons of elite football. We've seen it with the, you know, with the, with the stuff going on with football lately. The European well, Super League on that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Try and upset that, Apple Car. Well, what we will say about DAZN, uh, they are the number one broadcaster in Italy, Germany, Spain, mainland Europe... America, venturing into the Middle East. There's one market to crack. It's the UK market. We're in for a real treat. I think if you're already subscribed to DAZN, I think uh, previous subscription holders should be rewarded potentially because a lot of people are going to flock to DAZN, no doubt, for this fight between AJ and Fury. And obviously the prices are going to be in excess of maybe maybe £20 a month max. If you're already a subscriber of DAZN, I would expect to see some loyalty. Um, I do expect a small price hike, but I do expect to see some loyalty. And, I, and um, I will say that on behalf of the boxing community and those in small media like ourselves, and I, and I hope people take heed of that advice. And I'll be messaging Eddie Home personally. He'll probably have his ping go off in his pocket. He'll look at it and he'll go, my God, who's that? Oh, well, and put the phone down. But what I will say is this, uh, David Hancock, absolute pleasure. Uh, and Thank probably you. get you back uh, next month to review what's gone on. We can have uh, plenty more to talk about as obviously... By the time we do this podcast next month, I would really hope that the press conference has taken place. Fingers um, crossed. Another real fantastic, uh, a real fantastic opportunity to talk about that. Don't forget, uh, the, the, the invitation is open to you to join us on TTM Dark, uh, where we talk about all those things, all the paranormal, the conspiracies and the UFO, which David Hancock really is quite big into. If you haven't subscribed to David Hancock's YouTube channel, it will be just underneath us down here on the screen. And it is I Am Average Dave. Some wonderful content on there i know i'm a fan um david thank you very much for joining us on ttm sports How thank was that you for you? having me it was lovely thank you for having me i love boxing and uh i hope 
But this time we talk next month, it, we will have the AJ Fury fight. And they would have had a press conference, I hope. I wonder if any Batman outfits will come out this time. I'm looking forward to the mind games. All for Sarchi. Incredible. It's well, if you already heard it, it'll be Dolce and Gabbana. But uh, I think one, one thing Harrison, we can be well, be Primark, we can know? be sure but, of two uh, things yeah. leading up to this fight. Two things, two things we can guarantee the promotion, the press conference, the way in everything is going to be absolute box office. And I'm talking box office. And the other thing we can guarantee without a shadow of a doubt is that they're going to be bleeding the fans dry every step of the way. And that is what we can guarantee. <laughs> the Positive thoughts notes. of ETF Sports is uh, James Hounsell there the thoughts of a man <laughs> demonised by financial implications of Sky Sports uh, as we all are um, so demonised by demonised by BT Sport uh, my missus pays £100 a month for me to have BT Sport and the uh, reception has been awful so anyone from BT listening give us a call we're not happy with the service Absolutely. So um, again, if you like our content, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Just simply search TTM Pods. All of our social media handles will be appearing on the screen right now underneath. We're on every major podcasting outlet as well. Um, absolutely fantastic. You've been listening to James and James and Mr. David Hancock on the TTM Sports Show. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Well, that was episode number 25 of the TTM Sports Show. The guest again was David Hancock from the YouTube channel I Am Average Dave. David will be back each month to do a boxing and monthly show with the lads here at TTM Sports. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want more fantastic sporting content, then look no further than our YouTube channel. Just simply search TTM Sports. If you want to get in contact with us, we're all over social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're even on TikTok. Or, if you want to do it more subtly, just go to www.thinktwicemedias.com and leave us a message. Thank you very much for joining us in this podcast, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.